The Blacksmith's Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Let's, I think we should come back up to the surface a little bit. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Okay. And I know we hit on Bitcoin because I want to hit some of the names that people really know about in regards to cryptocurrency, like the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, and, and what, what, any other ones that you have dabbled in or that you follow. Cause I, I, and I also want to hear how you feel about Bitcoin versus these other ones being a store of value in some people's eyes versus those being used for actual exchanges of, of cash or transactions. Okay. So cryptocurrencies have been around for a long time. The first ones were go back into like the seventies and eighties, but they weren't people would be like, Oh, that's baloney. No one really wanted to give their trust or anything to that mess. And until 2009, Bitcoin came around by, uh, and I always botch the name because, like I said, I don't really pay attention to information. I just, you know, what, what was it? Satoshi Nakamoto or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> that, that algorithm was, you know, the whole basis of the blockchain was invented by him. Now, here's the situation with Bitcoin and how that works is it's anonymous. So no one knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is. It could be a group. It could be an agency. It could be a government it could be whatever it could be skynet now skynet if anybody knows the the uh you know what was the movie arnold schwarzenegger and the robots and whatnot you know that control the whole world it could be a skynet it could be ai who have developed this blockchain we really do not know now uh could be you could be me (laughs) yeah it, it could be me so to get back onto the question uh you do you had block uh Bitcoin, which was the first blockchain that was, uh, you know, made famous during that time because of mining and everything and everybody throwing their money in and, and the, the, the price of Bitcoin going up and everything. So Bitcoin was, it's not the first. I don't want to tell people that it's the first, but it's the most famous. It's not always the first person, but it's the one that does it better. You know, just like there were many different Facts. Facebooks before Facebook yep. and all that. Yeah. Um, so Bitcoin has taken that domain, right? And since Bitcoin has that domain, you have what is called a fork. And this is very, very popular in the cryptocurrency community. A fork is just basically a change to the network. So if you had Bitcoin, right, you have what's called a protocol, right? And that's an agreement, like a consensus, but it's the rules, it's the hard fabric, it's the hard rule set into the space, um, the digital space. To where we these are the rules this is how we're going to follow through the chain if you don't do not follow these rules we're going to kick you off and you're going to lose your bitcoin and all that so that's the protocol and you have things that are broken off from bitcoin now bitcoin uses what is called open source code so when satoshi you know compiled all this and put it out there for the public he basically put it out there uh in good faith um, and that's a legal term, and I use that term a lot in good faith. And it was provided to the people with no, you know, hey, here you go, use it. And a lot of different companies and whatnot, they use open source material. And what a lot of people don't understand about open source is you can release something open source and it be easily acceptable for the people. And then a company or organization can literally use that code and make you pay for it as long as they say we use open source code. 
So if you actually look at a lot of these algorithms that Facebook uses or Instagram or, or even like Apple, which is, you know, uh, or, or Microsoft, they're actually using open source code for the, for the mainframe of their, you know, configuration for their computing or whatever you want to call it. And it's actually free material. So it's not like these guys are sitting down and, and uh, you know, making new algorithms and making all these new things. That work has already been done, which is why previously I told you I'm a script kid. So for all the coders out there that, you know, done all that hard work, learning how to code, when it comes to open source material, that material is ease of use for you to find on the internet. And you can really, really uh, expand your mind and get very, very knowledgeable about the different things. Um, now, back to the forks. So you have Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. All right, Ethereum and Litecoin are the two major forks of Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin was the first adoption of a worldwide digital currency, and it had a protocol that everyone agreed. What if you disagree with that protocol, right? If you disagree with that protocol, you could be like, hey, yeah, I don't really agree to these terms. So I'm gonna go to the open source material that you guys use for Bitcoin, even though Satoshi you know, created it, but he made it open source. And I'm gonna take this information, I'm gonna make a new coin on the, the groundwork of what you had, but I kind of disagree with you know, the speed or the transaction time. So I'm gonna change that, tinker that, to be more suitable and hopefully other people will follow me and my way will be just as much, you know, as good as your way. Maybe I can make a little profit. So that's how it kind of goes. If Bitcoin is worth, has a market cap or however many million, billion or whatever, what you're doing is just breaking off and hopefully you can get a share of that market cap and kind of split, you know, it from there. So that was Ethereum and then you had Litecoin. Now, Litecoin, I do not have much information on per se, because it's kind of one of those things that I kind of monitor, I buy into, but I haven't gone into the code and everything. Now, I would say I believe Litecoin, the algorithm is S-crypt, I believe. Ethereum uses a whole different algorithm. Bitcoin uses what, uh, you know, SHA-256. Uh, and the hashing uh, computation is actually the Merkle uh, Damgar construction method. So that goes into the deeper complexities of what hash hashing is and how they create mm -hmm. a hash, which is a uh, anonymous, a pseudo anonymous uh, cipher to what you just input. So basically mm -hmm. in coding, you have input output, right? You have your, your string, right? Um, and all of that. So basically a hash is just, how do we protect people, their information? Well, we use the SHA-256 to input data. So we get a hash. Now we don't know the input, but we know the hash. So Bitcoin is basically based on computers fighting and battling to get this hash, to confirm what is called a target, right? And you wanna get lower than the target. And I might be going over people's heads right now, but yeah, you have sure. <laughs> three main cryptocurrencies. Um, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. And when I tell people about uh, cryptocurrency and when I introduce them to cryptocurrency, the only cryptocurrencies that you really need to watch is Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. Now, Bitcoin is the main. Ethereum so, real and quick, Litecoin are what is called. Or you're gonna, it sounds like you're gonna go into it. Why, why do you only introduce those three to people that are new to cryptocurrency? 
this is why scams, my friend. <laughs> scams. I don't want anyone to get scammed. I don't want anybody to fall into a pump and dump. Um, because in reality, Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, now not when I use this term, I don't want to scare people, but the odds of a pump and dump in that is too large for me. So in the technical space, I trust Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, but for the simple the simple reason is that I don't want to introduce people to the complexities of different coins when the way is already split into three. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I can lead you to the water, but, you know, there, there's a the water is infinite. You can drink all day, but I just want you to, you know, just drink a little bit from these three sources and don't gobble right. down everything because you could fall into a trap. Right. And this is obviously not financial okay. advice, but that, that is a good point, Shane. And that's what I was trying to, to mention or bring up earlier is there's so many coins out there, it feels like, like nowadays, which one should those mm -hmm. who are new to the crypto space be focusing on? So I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I would tell people to focus on the main three. Now, if you're an investor, if you have any type of financial literacy, Hey, go for it. If you see a crazy coin, like I'm not going to mention them because I don't back any. <laughs> but uh, if you see some <laughs> crazy coin that you know yeah. is going to go up, you know, 20, 30 percent. Hey, have at it. You know, right, I've right. made a lot of, you know, well, I don't maybe, maybe some people are listening, but you know, I've made a, a few shekels off of dabbling in different crazy coins. So it is possible. But at the same time, don't go crying to mommy when right. it all, you know, goes down. You're right. So, but to, yeah. to safeguard Just, people. Yep. Do your yeah. due diligence, right? That's with any investment. Mm -hmm. Do your due mm -hmm. diligence and invest at your own risk. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but also the difference between crypto and, you know, stocks and trading and whatnot. Crypto is more of like an asset. So buy and hold. Buy and hold. And that's for the guys that are in it. You know, that's a shout out for the guys that are in it. Hoddle strong. You know, you can't pay taxes on something that you don't sell and until the whole system is up. You can spend your Doge, your Bitcoin, your Ethereum all day long. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's going to have to catch up. So that's a joke to the guys that are in the field. But the guys that are do not know, don't pay attention to those comments. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What else you got? So for you, have, us? you have to keep me on track, dude. You have to yeah. Keep me on track I no, you're good. We're right on right on time. I know it's been a, a lot for for our listeners, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping they're able to grab onto some of it. I'm trying to think of some of the more basic things that we can talk about. We've talked about the blockchain. We've talked about the big three. We've talked about hashing a little bit, talked about passwords. Mm -hmm. What about wallets and, and mm -hmm. hard wallets? Like very basic things like that, because you hear a lot of these things. I know you might not. Obviously, you said you're in the bubble, but we're hearing a lot about these these wallets uh, in the news and things like that, hard wallet and, and stuff like that. Can you kind of hit on what that means? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you want to get access to your, your cryptocurrency. You've been hearing about cryptocurrency. And you're like, hey, I would like to have some of this cryptocurrency, but you're stuck. You don't know where to get it. So in the old days, in the glory days, it was a very, very technical thing. You had to go get your hardware. You had to mine the coin using and joining this, this uh, blockchain, joining this uh, decentralized distributed uh, ownership group, right? And then you mined and all that, and you got your coin that way. And you got incentives within that program that give you, you know, 
stuff for mining on the exchange. So when you send something to the blockchain, you might get, you know, a little kickback and you can get a kickback in money or you can get a kickback in, in, in the, the coin that they're, you're on, or sometimes you can even get a kickback for an altcoin that they're developing. So they'll be like, hey, I'll trade you such and such Bitcoin. That's for the developers and whatnot. So how does a simple person that doesn't really know anything about you know, blockchain or Bitcoin get their crypto? And you have what's called exchanges, right? So you can go, there's plenty. You know, Binance is one, uh, Kraken, uh, crypto.com is a new one. I love crypto.com. I wish I could really go into a whole spiel, but they're not sponsoring anything right now. And I'm going to hold my breath until I can get a sponsorship one of these days. But, uh, Smart man. <laughs> so yeah, you would go on your computer and you would fill out an exchange, just like how if people are familiar with uh, digital banking, like Cash App and whatnot, it would go through that same process. It's just like going down to the bank and saying, hey, I want to store my money with you. But Differently, you're just making a holding account or an exchange account, just like you do with your online investments account. So if anybody are, are familiar with those different domains, that's how you, you get hold of your crypto. Now, for other regions who are kind of a little bit more advanced and they're picking up now, especially in cities, like I said, I'm in a rural place, I'm in the country, I'm in the deep south, so I'm in a bubble. But I have noticed like cities, Chicago, uh, Memphis, and other places, they have Bitcoin ATMs and machines. Now, but for the most part, you had to, way, way back in the day, you had to know someone that was mining and you could pay them. So it's like, hey, I got some Bitcoin. Or when Bitcoin was first bubbling out, hey, man, I got some Bitcoin. Would you like some Bitcoin? Bitcoin's going to be crazy. And everybody was looking at them like, man, no, I don't want to hear Bitcoin. What the heck are you talking about? And those guys just continued to compile their Bitcoin. And were like, hey, sooner or later, they're going to want some Bitcoin. So that went on for years from like 09 to like 2010 and everybody, everything started bubbling. And then from 2010 to 2013, when it just went crazy, but still it was under the radar and it was mostly a developing computer geek community, right? And they were just exchanging Bitcoin, right? And if you were an outsider, you had to know someone that had Bitcoin that was mining that was going to break you off a of Bitcoin, right? And that was being exchanged for however much it was then. Now I'm not going to go over the chart of the value because we can go into a whole different investment spiel. But that's how you did it, you know, five, six years ago. But now it's being easily accessible because all this money has been poured into the blockchain, which has created investment opportunities. So you have companies that have arise that are going to let you, the people, buy your Bitcoin and exchange on their platform. So they're all battling on this space, which is like the S&P or your, your stockbrokers and whatnot and your banks, but they're doing it digitally. So you go onto the account, you fill out your information and you buy Bitcoin that way. Now, they hold your crypto. Now, when you set up one of these accounts, you have to go and look at the fine print and find out, can I send my Bitcoin to a hard wallet or do they just hold my Bitcoin or my cryptocurrency and I can just have access to it to spend but I don't technically own it. That's a little key little thing because a lot of these sites, you can't physically send that Bitcoin to another source. You can use it as monetary payment, but you can't take your Bitcoin away from them. They are the holding, they, they want to hold it. Um, now, that's when you get into what is called a hard wallet. Now for Bitcoin, the most famous hard uh, software, and we're going to get into software and hardware would be Electrum. So Electrum can work two ways, right? It is software that you can get from electrum.org, right? And I'll I'll send you guys all these links so you guys can provide that on the podcast links and whatnot Appreciate so people it. can get more information. 
um, and also the white papers on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin, et cetera. So all the information will be down listed below, hopefully. And you would uh, go to electrum.com and you would download the Electrum software. Now, what the Electrum software does is allow you to be a part of the, ex uh, the exchange. It's one of the, the, the most famous exchanges. So the Electrum wallet just houses your Bitcoin. Right, that would be just a hard wallet. So you would still have to go to an exchange or know a person with Bitcoin to send you to that address. So, so for the common person, uh, if you wanted to physically house your Bitcoin, you would go to an exchange, buy that Bitcoin, whether it's from Binance or uh, Crypto.com or Kraken or whatever other authority there are many. And also another thing you have to look out for when you're making one of these accounts is you have to see your location because, and that's from state to state in the US, from country to country in different countries, because a lot of these sites, you might have one site that have a domain and they can regulate and do business in certain locations, but they cannot expand out. So for me, I'm in Mississippi. So I'm in a place where there's not that much. So I, at one point I wasn't able to make a Binance account. At one point I wasn't able to make a Coinbase, but I was able to make a Kraken account. So you have to do your due, due diligence and find out what uh, space that you can trade in, right? So then you would go, you would buy your Bitcoin for however much uh, they were offering it for, right? And that was stored uh, in, a, in a, I guess you could call it a digital wallet, but it's more, I call it more of a holding account. And you would have what is called a hash address. So the hash address goes back into the secure hashing algorithm that, that uh, takes the input and pseudo anonymously scrambles it up. So just think about you have your name, D. Salibi, right? And you have what is called a hashing algorithm based on the, the Merkel uh, compression ratio. And you just take your name. So just think about a child and his number and letter set. He throws it into a uh, washer or a dryer. And that washer and dryer throws code into it and scrambles it up and then spits out a hash. A hash contains... 64 letters, which is 256 bits, which has the computation of 512, uh, the power of 512. I'm not that too good at math, but uh, it, it works <laughs> something like that. And then it spews out the hash, the hash, which is a pseudo anonymous code that is the output for what you input. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you have, you have that address, which is usually a 64 character long address, which is all scrambled. So you, threw in DeSalibian to the washer, but the washer spewed out this 64 character long code, right? That's your address, right? So in the digital space, you have what is called a private key. That is also a kind of a hash, but you wanna keep that to yourself. So the way passwords, uh, we touched on how passwords work. That password isn't technically stored with that site, but the hash is, and you're just inputting a pin to authenticate that hash and get that hash. If it lines up and it says, hey, this password uh, is uh, verified by this hash, okay, you're in. If it's not, you're out, right? So you have a private key. Once you have that private key, which is a username and password, does that make sense? Or am I, am I going too far? You're going into the weeds, but it's making sense for the most part. Hopefully our, our listeners okay. are, are with us. You're killing uh, it, man, you're killing okay. it. Okay, so you have your password and username, right? And that is gonna be authenticated with the hash, right? That, that is a, a, a thing that is stored with that entity, right? And 
you have what is called a seed phrase. So a seed phrase, whenever you make one of these accounts is basically like a, a set of words that kind of go through a list and it's kind of like a moniker. Um, it could be, you know, uh, Desalibi, Timbuktu, rain watered down from the heavens and touched the sky. That would be your seed phrase. So that seed phrase gives you full control and access to your username, password. And you can always input that seed phrase into a plethora of different wallets if it's on that particular blockchain and get access to your Bitcoin. But for that's the technical aspect of it and all the technical guys will know about this stuff. But for the everyday person, basically you have a username and password that is secured by the hash. You enter that username and password and then you have uh, access to your Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. that hash, that private key, that you keep secret and that seed phrase that you keep secret is the ownership. And remember what I said, uh, cryptocurrency is a de decentralized distributed uh, ownership of a monetary system or the ledger. So that code, that username and password is your proof saying I own this Bitcoin. So you have mm -hmm. to keep track of that, right? And you would send your Bitcoin, once you go into the exchange, if you wanted to physically house your Bitcoin, you would send that uh, Bitcoin, you would input, okay, one Bitcoin, okay, here's my hash address, and I'm going to send it to my physical wallet. And you do so using the Electrum software. Now, I love Electrum. There are all different, you can make your own software, you know, well, you can't really make your own software unless you're a developer, but there's different other platforms that you can use. But I love Electrum because Electrum, you can go on the site, you download the software. Now, the software is stored on the computer. So once you have your exchange and you send the Bitcoin from the exchange to the Electrum wallet, it is stored on the computer. Now the computer is the hardware, Electrum is the software. So it is technically a hard uh, space to hold your Bitcoin, the computer is. Now if you want to take that a step further, you can create a USB uh, Electrum wallet. So you could take that USB, pop it into your computer and you would go through the steps on Electrum and Electrum will then uh, program that USB with the Electrum software, which will store your uh, your, your 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 Bitcoin through the hash and, and the software. And you would write down your seed phrase just in case you ever lose your username and password. So to clarify, your seed phrase is what is the uh, the all see all everything until getting your username and password. Your username and password is then decrypted to the decentralized network using the hash, which will give you an output. So there's an input output way of doing things. And that goes through the blockchain, which is connected together through the ledger, right? I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. I'm trying to give all the information. But for yeah. the guys who just want to buy Bitcoin, you just gain access to who's who has Bitcoin or is selling Bitcoin, get access to that Bitcoin and send that Bitcoin to wherever you want it to go, which it can be on a phone, it can be on an exchange, it can be on an app, it can be on a physical uh, hardware device. Now you have different devices. You can go the Electrum route and create your own USB, which can be a little bit technical, but for the guys who are not technical, you can go online and you can be provided with people that you trust that will do the work for you. You have Bitbox, you have all these other platforms that they have created a USB device that will store your cryptocurrency on that device. And I know I kind of went, all the way and around to uh, get to that, uh, to answer that question, but I want yeah. all that information to be there. Um, and, but keep me on topic, keep me on, on, yeah, on, no. on the right path.
No, I like I like letting you run, man. You're obviously very, very passionate about it. And that's something that our, our viewers are always looking for. But yeah, so it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But I think yeah. another and, and obviously we're not sponsored by Cash App or anything, but that's an easy way. Would you say that that's more so of someone that holds it, even though you can send Bitcoin between users or is that a hard wallet per se? Okay, so. Right. And I am a big proponent of Cash App. Shout out to Cash App. I've been using Cash App since like 25, late 2015, early 2016. So I love Cash App. When Cash App first came out, I was like, yep, I'm ready to go. Um, but it's not insured. And that was one of the major steps yeah. to get into cryptocurrency. It's not FDIC. So that was like that. If you use Cash App, then you're already kind of getting your toes wet into cryptocurrency. You just didn't know it because it's not FDIC. And you know, we all heard the stories about Cash App sending the, your money to the wrong Cash App address or whatnot, or someone getting access to your phone and sending money to your Cash App and Cash App tells you, hey, we can't do anything for you, you know? And that was kind of all over the news. So that was like training wheels to crypto on the, on the trusting a financial institution with your money. You're still trusting Cash App as the institution, but Cash App is then giving you the full authority and control of your money. So they're not gonna, you know, back it like FDIC would with the bank. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. All right. That's good. I got a, so, and I got a, I got a couple. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Because no, I was on tangent, so you have to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had a couple more quick questions for you, Shane. I don't want to hold you too long on this uh -huh. glorious Saturday, but do you personally feel that cryptocurrency or digital currency is going to replace hard cash in the future? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, let's let's speed this up. And for the for the listeners out there, what I want you guys to do is, if a lot of this stuff goes over your head, just rewind and listen again. Because the way I speak, sometimes I can go off on many tangents, and it can be just a garble of information. But if you just listen to my words and just bear with me. But uh, for crypto, and what D just mentioned. And put me back on topic, D, because my mind is my mind is spinning right now. Yeah, D. <laughs> man, I miss you, man. I miss you so much. Do you think that cryptocurrency and digital currency is going to replace hard cash in the future? All right. Yes. Yes. And here's the thing, because this is what we're moving towards. In the global economy, with different languages and different people around the world, as we connect together in a new Tower of Babel. Now we can, I, I use the Tower of Babel for the, for the religious and, and whatnot who can wrap their head around that, but I'll keep that separate. And you will need a way to exchange faster and safer than what you can with money and institutions. And what will happen is sooner or later, the government is gonna back that. And they're gonna have their own version of the digital currency, like in China with the yuan, Etc. and the Japanese with the yen. So there are gonna be you know, digital currency platforms that are gonna be kind of centralized through the government backing and then you're gonna have the decentralized networks like blockchain. But yes, we're, we're moving forward to that. And basically what we're building is the mainframe of right. a technological society. So right. if you guys wanna do research, this is the fourth technological revolution. 
the third industrial was back in the Ford days and the Tesla days and AC and alternating current and the railroad and all that. Now we're in the technological uh, advancement, right? And things are gonna be exchanged at a snap. So we can't rely on um, money or fiat anymore. And I would love to go into what fiat is and how yeah. that goes and the gold standard and all that. But uh, gold will always be here. Physical assets will always be here because people are gonna have to have places to live and people are still gonna use these uh, old archaic forms of monetary system, uh, value, right? right? And gold and uh, silver and whatnot, to tie that in with crypto is simple, right? We use gold, we use silver for computing. They're, they're in the circuitry. So your cell phone, your computer has silver, it has gold, right? Those, 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 those chipsets are made out of that. The, if you ever opened up, you know, back in the day when you bought some nice gold candy headphones for the guys that remember that craze, you wanted that gold tip because you knew the gold tip for some odd reason had better audio quality for the guys that, that knew that. You know, if you had the little silver tip, oh no, that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're conducting at a lower rate. You know, gold conducts at a higher rate. So you need that. But that's for the technical guys that understand that. Mm. And that's going to be paired with cryptocurrency. So to go as far as we can go and kind of get kind of conspiracy wise, we're going to become a space faring nation. And the only way to exchange things when NASA sends out an orbital rocket and you need to be paid and people got to have feed their families is going to be with crypto. So, mm. you know, you can't do that with like money it. because storing money is is too much. You know, have you ever seen a million dollars? Have you ever seen a billion dollars? You know, you know, you know it's like money. where right. are you going to hold a billion dollars? Right. You know, right. that's right. that can fill up a large amount of space, but yeah. crypto doesn't. And it's 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 a fabric of digital currency that is going to make transaction and sending things mm. easier. So to explain wow. that the best way possible, gold currently, say for instance, you're a millionaire billionaire and you have all this money, you're worried about, man, where am I going to put my money? Okay, I got my money in the market. I got my money in physical assets. I got gold. I got silver. But what happens when you need access to it? It's not liquid. So you have to sell your houses. You have to sell your assets. You have to sell your gold. You have to trade your gold and silver. Um, a lot of these large uh, holdings, whether it's in Switzerland or Canada or United States holdings or whatever in China or wherever, you would have to rely on them and call them and say, hey, I want, you know, uh, $10,000. Uh, give me the best rate. Let's make that deal. Okay. You might be waiting for two weeks because they'll have to, you know, paperwork, push pins and all that just right. to get that going. And especially for large amounts of money and, and physical assets, that would take forever. And yeah. it's just not feasible in the modern world. So mm -hmm. cryptocurrency is here to make that faster. And Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency is going to be paired with these digital assets. And right. we, we could get into NFTs and all that stuff as Next well. Time. But we'll save Next that time. for a later date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's those are all great points. And I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts there. But yeah, it, when you think about if you go to the bank and you ask for $50,000 that's in your account, they would say, oh, we need a couple of days, right? Or all the illiquid mm -hmm. assets that you have takes time to sell those off. So it's a good point, you know, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more mm -hmm. in the future. The last question I have for you, Shane, is regarding the sustainability and the environmental impact of cryptocurrency. In a brief little rundown, how do you feel about where the space is going? Obviously mining is getting even more competitive and computing mm -hmm. is, is ramping up even, even more than before. So 
What are your thoughts there? Okay, so the issue with that is Bitcoin is set to a block generation time of 10 minutes. Ethereum has no uh, block generation time is incentivized with gas or, or average of 15 seconds. Um, Litecoin has a block generation time of 2.5 minutes, which is generation time. And it's the computational power. So that's the consensus of what we're doing the transaction. Everybody is going through the protocol in order to do so. And that is very energy, uh, the energy consumption rate increases over time. So as people are competing, what will happen is they'll lower the price of Bitcoin or Bitcoin goes higher because there's a lot of people exchanging on it. But as more people get into Bitcoin, um, in particular, well, let's just talk about Bitcoin, um, what they'll do is built into the protocol where it'll actually decrease in order to make mining easier. So whenever you see Bitcoin kind of go up and down, it's also because a lot of people are entering the market the value goes up in order to make mining easier. They bring out the price of Bitcoin, which is in the protocol to make mining easier. And that goes into very, very complex things. But in short, uh, we'll have to solve our energy uh, consumption. Because right now, a lot of people don't understand is the United States is a huge energy hog. You have a refrigerator, you have AC. Central air is like literally the most horrible thing we've ever invented. Um, if you look in, <laughs> to how that works and how many houses, you know, when you go into a city, everyone has central air. Now I'm old school, like I'm in rural Mississippi, man. I don't have central air. You know, I live in a home that it was built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's been standing here for a long time. And a lot, what a lot of people, you know, for infrastructure, you know, I'm a lot of homes in the South were built on aquifers or on top of springs because back in the day you would dig your well for your water. So being on top of a well actually kept your house pretty cool in the summer. So when I'm in one of these older homes and when I walk into them, you'll notice they're, they're very much cooler than the outside because they don't have that central air. Now today they use different uh, types of, you know, things to cool your housing. And the biggest, there's so much weight on the infrastructure right now to where mining is just, as people get on the, uh, on the blockchain and whatnot, it's very energy, you know, very, very, there's a lot of energy that goes into that. Sure, and we'll have to sure. fix that. Yeah. And whether that be with solar, the, the issue with solar is uptime, downtime, whether that be nuclear, I would say star power is the best way to go, but that can be very, very volatile. You don't want a Hiroshima or Nagasaki or anything like that, or whatever that place in uh, Russia um, going on. So we'll have to fix that. And we're working on that right now. And you know, the liquidity rate kind of goes into that as well, because the faster uh, a digital coin is, it kind of goes into the power consumption and whatnot. And Bitcoin is just slow. Now, the good thing about Bitcoin being slow, which is like, uh, I want to say like seven transactions a second. Um, it takes 10 minutes for a confirmed block on the network. And that can be very, very, you know, energy con consumptive. And the way that works, you have computers and miners just pulling energy to mm. fight and battle on this game, which is on the blockchain. Right. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, and yeah. I don't really know all the technical things that will go into solving that issue. All I know, solar is a way, but you have uptime and downtime. But I believe nuclear power, star power is the way to go. Mm. Mm. Man, Shane, appreciate your time, man. It's been great catching up. Great learning from you it's uh been a pleasure man we'll have you on again for sure all right i'm sure we'll have questions yeah from, we'll do from our listeners so i'll keep you posted man and 
keep on keeping on, brother. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great day. And it was a pleasure to be here. You too, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Blacksmith's Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.